Support for this podcast is provided by Cressa. Cressa is the occupier's champion, the world's premier corporate real estate advisory firm, exclusively serving startup businesses and major global organizations alike. As a Portland pillar for over 25 years, Cressa partners with its clients throughout the entire project lifecycle, from workplace strategy and discovery through the deal transaction and project management delivery of space. Cressa partners without conflict and applies integrated expertise to make your business better. Go to cressa.com Portland to connect with the Portland advisory team. From that cast creative, I'm Dan Bruton, and this is the PDX Executive Podcast. A show where I talk with inspiring leaders who are shaping the future of Portland, Oregon. Every week, I sit down with business executives, startup founders, and community leaders to dive into their career journey and get insights into the impactful work they're doing in our slice of the great Pacific Northwest. Hey everyone, welcome back to the PDX Executive Podcast. We got snow here in Portland, albeit a you know one inch or so, but you know it, it's fun for the next few days. So excited to have my next guest, uh, Scott Roth, who's the CEO of Legit Script, but also a familiar face in town amongst um, tech companies and um, helping founders scale up, which we'll get into. So Scott, welcome. Thanks for joining. Ah, no, well, or thank you, Dan. It's uh, my pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. You bet. And we, we, before we recorded, you know, we talked about your, your wife beat you to the punch. Uh, I had Allie, who's the founder of uh, With Love, a, a fabulous nonprofit that helps um, step, step families and um, get supplies. Uh, 2019, I think. So great to have. Keep it in the family. Have you on. Yeah, no, I, um, I'm excited and a little bit bummed that she beat me to the podcast. Uh, <laughs> not that we're ever competitive in things, right. but uh, no, she and her team at With Love are amazing um, I know you all talked about it when you did it as well. We're both, we are foster parents as well as having our own biological children. And so a lot of, you know, what she and her team uh, do is help foster families be successful and thrive. And uh, it's been really neat to watch her and her team do some amazing stuff. Yeah. And I meant foster families when I said that, sorry, uh, the snow's thrown me off maybe, but yeah, no, again, I'd love to have Allie back on down the road, but let, let's get into to your, uh, your career, Scott. I think it's always good to have you just tell a little bit about yourself and kind of, you know, your background professionally leading up to legit script. Sure. Sure. Happy to, um, you know, so I grew up in uh, just outside of St. Louis, Missouri, but I've been in Portland since 2001. I actually came out here uh, to do my MBA full time, I chose Portland State because I really wanted to live and work. I'm in a Portland, Portland State MBA alum as well. Go oh, Vikings. nice, awesome, yeah. awesome, yeah. Um, and it was great for me. Um, and it actually that was the catalyst of getting into the local technology scene. I actually got an internship uh, the summer between my two years of grad school at Web Trends, which was one of the kind of early tech companies in town in the web analytics space. Um, and that kind of got me into the tech bug and forever since over the last, uh, gosh, I guess it's been almost 20 years now. Um, you know, I really love companies that are kind of scaling up and going through big growth periods. And so I have just been really fortunate, um, to be able to be a part at different levels of the company, um, of companies that have gone through really hyper scale and growth. Um, one of them was actually a company called exact target that I, when I started there, we had 200 employees and over five years, we grew to 2000 employees and then, wow. you know, took the company public. We were acquired by Salesforce and then, you know, got to be a part of that machine, which was amazing. And so I've seen so many different um, 
aspects of growth and scale. And then it's been really neat over the last five years have been able to, you know, help companies as a CEO go through that journey. Yeah. I mean, before we started recording too, you, you mentioned that you kind of help companies through their awkward teenage years a little yeah. bit. So, and I think that is so fascinating, you know, uh, partnering with founders to kind of take it to this next, this next level. So we'll, we'll get into that, but, um, tell us a little bit about legit script and you started, is it just a year ago or a little more or what? Uh, a little a less. Actually, it, was it was June. It was actually like right June of 2020. So right in the oh, okay. pandemic, mm. um, which has been crazy. I mean, and even to this date, like, you know, we're, we're up to about 175 employees now. And I think I've only actually met, you know, 10 of them face to face, mm. um, in person, which is kind of surreal and weird, yeah. but, uh, it's kind of the world we're in right now. Um, but yeah, right. so I joined the company, um, in June and it was really an awesome opportunity, uh, to partner with an amazing entrepreneur and founder, John Horton, who started our company 13 years ago, um, and ran it as CEO up until we made the transition, you know, last year. And that's really kind of what my sweet spot is, is I love, I don't, I'm not an entrepreneur. I've never founded anything. I've never started anything. Yet, but I like, yet Scott. Yeah, we'll yet. see, we'll see. <laughs> um, but I love, um, you know, partnering with founders to take it to the next level. I have so much respect for what they go through and getting a company going, finding product market fit. Um, and then I love, you know, figuring out, like I said earlier, those awkward teenage years are kind of the messy middle where you're no longer a startup, mm. um, but you're also not a big enterprise. And right. you've got to figure out how do you scale your operations? How do you accelerate you know, sales revenue growth? How do you build the products that are going to sustain for the future? And what I've been able to find, fortunately, um, I did this at JAMA as well with Eric Winquist, who was our founder, is that you know if you can really come in and get the best out of the founder, but also the best out of the new CEO, mm. um, you can really have like this one plus one equals three equation where you're really getting the best of both worlds. And I, you know, fortunately have been able to do that twice now with both Eric and John at JAMA and LegitScript. Yeah. And gosh, it's such an important thing to talk about because it's not talked a lot about that transition and some things that make it successful. So, you know, not to put you on the spot, but also, yeah. yes, kind of. What are maybe things you've learned? Um, yeah. Doing that a couple of times now. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I would say, first of all, like it's so much more difficult and challenging for the founder because, like, this is mm -hmm. their baby. This is the thing that they created. And so it takes an amazing founder to be able to hand over the reins or pass the baton, whatever you want to say. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like a lot of the success falls on their shoulders. And so fortunately, you know, both in Eric and John that I've been able to partner with at JAMA and LegitScript, they are both amazing human beings. They're very, you know, just good people with very low ego. Um, and so it really kind of takes that aspect. Um, I feel like from my perspective, you know, the things that I try to do is, um, one, just have a, a lot of transparency and just openness. Like you can't go in and have any hidden agendas because that's not going to work. You've got to go in and don't assume that things are broken, broken or also don't assume that things are working. You've got to just go in and experience it and just really understand um, this new environment that you're walking into and figure out like what's going well, what's not going well. And how can you bring some of that to the table? You know, one of the things that I did 
both at JAMA as well as at Legit Script just recently when I joined is I met every single employee one-on-one within the first couple of months of joining. Mm. And so, you know, it was 125 Zoom meetings back in June when I started. Um, and it took me a couple of months to get through it, but so valuable to understand why are people there? Why do people come there? Why do people stay there? What do they think is going well with the business? What do they think is not going well with the business? Um, hearing all of that perspective, but also just building that one-on-one connection and relationship with them, that you are somebody who is coming in and cares about them and cares about the business and wants to hear their voice, not somebody who's coming in with like, okay, this is my playbook. This is what I want to yeah. do. I think that goes a long way as well. Yeah. And I think that's a really important point is not to be viewed as just like a hired gun. Yeah. Right. You know, you are, you're here for the business. You're here for the people. You're a partnering with the founder. Like, and I can see on the flip side, if you're an employee, I think both of us have maybe been at companies where we've been part of a CEO transition and there's always a little bit of suspicion. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so you're, you're wondering, you know, what is this woman, what is this man here to do? What's the hidden agenda? Um, and yeah, you just got to get that out, you know, on the table right away. Um, you know, the other thing that I feel like um, it was has been a big lesson learned is the ongoing communication is also so absolutely critical um, in all times, but especially like with this one where I came in in the middle of the pandemic, um, I've had to really, really dial up my daily and weekly communication with the company mm. just so that they're not wondering what's Scott up to, what is he thinking about, what's coming next. Yeah. Like, I don't want anybody to be surprised with anything. And so I feel like, you know, I always try to be very transparent, but now more than ever, I'm being overly transparent with what's going well, what's not going well, what am I thinking about? And let's dig into that a little bit because it is you know, with all distributed teams and and things that is more important. So what are some of the things you're doing that might be different in the communication realm before now that you distributed? I mean, increasing the cadence, increasing the, 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 the communication is one, but is there different mediums that you're finding more effective or? Yeah. A couple, a couple of things. Um, so one, I wrap up every week with a Friday video, um, that I do and I send that out to the whole company. Um, it's very like, it's not polished at all. Um, it's literally just me filming a video on my phone or whatever. And it's really just me kind of talking about like, here's some of the stuff that I was doing this week. Here's some of the key accomplishments across the company that I heard about. Mm -hmm. Um, And just getting that out to everybody. um, I found that people really appreciate kind of having that constant pulse of what's happening. Um, You know, the other thing that I'm doing is a lot of uh, kind of skip levels and just check-ins. So instead of just meeting with my executive leadership team, I'm really trying to get deeper down into the organization Mm. and build connections with some of the, you know, I guess what you would call frontline employees or individual contributors. Um, I actually do that now. Uh, I do it initially. So any new employee that comes on board, I meet with them, uh, you know, individually within the first couple of weeks. But then I try to check in, you know, 30 days, 90 days later, how are things going? Um, Meet with different teams. And so, you know, I always try to do a little bit of that, but even more so now, given everybody's distributed for the foreseeable future, um, just to maintain that connectivity with what's going on. That's awesome. Well, I'm going to turn the tables a little bit because, you know, it's some, you know, as a CEO, it's all about the team and people, but you have a lot on your plate. How's it been for you? And especially coming to an organization where you said you've only met, you know, part of them in person, of course, you've been communicating with them 
yeah, yeah. differently. Um, how's it been for you? Um, it's hard. I'll be honest with you. Like, I don't, I, that's, this isn't the way that I wished this would have gone, like not being able to meet everybody face to face and have that connection. Um, so that's difficult. Um, you know, I think the thing that is going really well for me, and this is also one of the things that I heard about from when I met with all of our employees is that the reason our employees come to LegitScript is for the mission. And the reason they stay at LegitScript is because of the mission and the people. And um, it's so true. We just have an amazing group of people that are very intellectually curious, ridiculously smart, but just great people to do work with. And I feel like they've made it so easy for me, even though this hasn't been an ideal environment. They've really you know, embraced me with open arms. Um, and then our mission is just so awesome. Like our mission as a company is to make the internet and payment ecosystem safer and more transparent. And like, we all get so fired up about that every single day. And so, yeah. you know, when it's difficult because you're distributed and remote, we have that common bond of the mission that we're going to try to accomplish, which can have a huge impact on the world overall, um, that fires us up to get out of bed and turn open the, lap, the laptop. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, well, the, the work you do, I mean, we, we haven't talked much about it, but I mean, what a time to do your mission. Yeah. So what, what is the pandemic doing to, uh, to the world you live in on a daily basis, the type of work you do? Sure. Sure. Yeah. And I guess just the quick, you know, thumbnail on the company. So we're, uh, yeah. we are, um, a monitoring and compliance company for the commercial internet. So we partner with large internet platforms, e-commerce companies and platforms and payment companies, the likes of Google, Amazon, um, Square are all companies that we work with. And we okay. are, we're essentially an extension of their risk and compliance teams to help identify bad actors and bad merchants who are either advertising or selling or processing payments for illegal goods and services. So we started out in the healthcare and pharmaceutical range. That's why the company's called Legit Script. Okay. Um, and, but over time, we've expanded to basically any problematic um, or kind of gray area category you can think about. So think about we weapons, think about um, illegal drugs, think about um, child and human trafficking, think about you know political arena. So any kind of potentially questionable topic area that's out there, we help the platforms monitor for that and take down any fraudulent or bad actors. And so mm -hmm. as a result of that, you know that is a huge growing area just in general because you know, with all the good that the internet um, brings, there's a lot of bad that the internet brings because yeah. people are able to do all kinds of sort of things to take advantage of consumers. But um, specifically with the pandemic, if you think about it, you know, the fraudsters and the bad actors, they are, they are active in good times. They are really, really active in bad or complex times. And so unfortunately, a lot of those bad actors of the, out there are really trying to take advantage of folks because of the vulnerabilities, whether it's the financial impact, whether it's the healthcare and wellness impact, 
um, whether it's the social unrest that's happened or the political divide, you know, you name it, all of these events that have happened over the course of the last year have really opened up the doors for unfortunate activities to happen online. And we are fortunate enough to be kind of on the forefront of helping to fight that on behalf of some of the largest platforms that are out there. So I would think, I mean, this, this pandemic obviously, uh, it's hurt a lot of businesses, but it's maybe I won't, I don't want to go as far as saying it's been good for your business, but it's kept you busy, right? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it's definitely yeah. kept us busy. And, you know, I think the thing that we really focused on, um, early on, and I think John set the stage with this, you know, back in February and March as things were starting to lock down. And then I continued it on after I came is, you know, now is really the time for us to focus on our existing clients and our existing partners. Like how can we serve them in unique ways through this challenging time? And so it definitely kept us busy with just the regular work that we did, but we had an amazing opportunity over the course of the last 12 months to really expand the work that we're doing with all of our existing clients. Um, and unfortunately, you know, a lot of them are doing quite well because things are shifting right. online, things are moving to digital. So they've, they're doing well as a company, but they also want to, you know, make sure that they're cleaning up the network while they go. And so we've been able to, to benefit um, from that side. Um, and, but also, you know, we're constantly on our toes because the trends are always evolving and emerging. And so yeah. we're, we're doing everything we can to stay two or three steps ahead of uh, even them. That's enormous task. I can't imagine. Like, uh, yeah, it's, it's cool though, <laughs> but I mean, that's what, that's yeah, what yeah. fires us up. Like we're so right. excited about the mission. Um, I mean, one of the ones that's really been emerging, that's been really neat to watch, um, the team just really go crazy over is the concept of transaction laundering, which is basically, uh, a simple way of saying it is it's online money laundering. So what yeah. happens a lot of times is companies are setting up an online merchant account and they say that they're going to be selling shoes online but they're actually using that merchant account that they got through their bank or through some other platform to then sell the sale of illegal pharmaceutical drugs or illegal firearms or whatever it might be. And that is a huge growing trend that's happening out there that we've been able to use our technology and data and human expertise to really get into on top of that um, and yeah. help you know, start to remove that. So it's just, wow. there's constant, there's just one thing after the next that's really, really fun to go after. Yeah, that's great. Well, well, well as we kind of uh, transition towards the end of our, our chat, I always like to talk about Portland. I mean, you've been here 20 years, so officially call you a Portlander. <laughs> but, um, you know, you've seen kind of the, the technology scene kind of I don't know, accelerate here. Um, what's your thoughts on where we're at as a, a place to be for business startups and growth and where we're going and, you know, pros and cons I always ask. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the, on the, the big pro side is just our people Our the people here are great people. They're great to work with. We are really smart, curious people. Um, and uh, I just always find the Portland technology ecosystem is just chock full of just really, really intelligent people that are low ego and are good people to do work with and want to solve complex problems. And so I feel like we've got a huge 
um, pool of very, very talented people, which is amazing. You know, obviously we're a smaller market than the Bay Area or Seattle, but, you know, we hold our own when it comes to the people and to the talent that's here. And I think, you know, as we continue to see um, some of the companies in our ecosystem grow and get bigger. Like I love Yvonne and Puppet and what she's doing there. Like they've grown now to be a sizable company and, yeah. you know, they're spawning off other things, um, leaders coming from there, going and starting other things. Like, I think that's one thing that, you know, is maybe a little bit of a con is that we just haven't had as many um, bigger technology or we haven't had as many tech companies grow to like that next stage and next level where they get to, you know, 500, 1,000, 2,000 employees right. to then start to branch off and bubble out from there. And that's, you know, that's my wish for Portland is that we can see more of those breakout success stories. Um, I got to experience that a lot, you know, in Indianapolis with Exact Target. I was living in Portland, but commuting because I love Portland and didn't want to yeah, yeah. have to move to Indianapolis. Not that there's anything wrong with Indy, but yeah. uh, it's not Portland. Um yeah. And, but it was really neat to watch when on, when on, what happened there when Exact Target grew to 2,000 employees, went public, um, and then was acquired by Salesforce. So many startups came out of that, and the ecosystem and technology there is thriving so much because of that breakout story. And you know, the more that we can have more of that happen here at Portland, uh, I think it's really going to help spawn success for us. Yeah, it's a great point. And it's happening kind of on a scale, of, you know, people that are part of puppets and Jamas who are starting their own companies and it's just feeding itself. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to see where it goes as well. Yeah, but we need, we need a lot more. Um, and, yeah. uh, you know, and I think that's the thing is like, I think as long as Portland, like if we just stay true to who we are and, you know, what is the good and what is the bad, don't try to be something that we're not. Mm. Um, I just think that there's so much amazing talent. There's actually a lot of talent that was living here and working in other places. They were commuting a lot. Um, and I would see it, you know, out of PDX, I would be on a flight to, you know, San Francisco or whatever. And there were so many people who were living in Portland because it's such a great place to live. And, yeah. um, you know, now people can live here and actually work here or work wherever, which is going to mm -hmm. be exciting to see what happens uh, with the remote distributed workforce of the future. It's a whole nother conversation and we'll, we'll, we'll find, maybe we can do a look back in a year, see where we're at. But, um, Scott, thanks so much for, for joining the podcast and, you know, telling the story of your, your career and, um, you know, looking forward to keeping connected and meeting in person down the road. So thanks so much. Ah, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me and for uh, providing this platform for folks out in the market. The PDX executive podcast is a production of that cast a Portland, Oregon podcast agency that partners with brands to create custom podcasts. You can learn more at thatcast.com. And please take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast as well.